today we're going to continue the series on the last days and uh, just to recap on the previous teaching we had a look at the fact that uh, we're not to be deceived our Lord in, in teaching the church specifically on the subject of the last days and the events that will lead up into the last days has instructed his church to make uh, sure that we're not deceived in this area so it's um, the admonishment of our Lord himself that uh, deals with this issue. And then we had a look at times and seasons. We saw that um, God the Father keeps all of the times and seasons in his own authority, and he doesn't share that with anyone. And we saw that even our Lord Jesus himself is not um, aware of the date that he will be returning to the earth. God the Father keeps that to himself. Um, our Lord Jesus does know uh, the events leading up, <clears throat> And he knows, you know, as the time draws closer, that the exact date of his return, uh, no one knows except God the Father. And so we saw that what our Lord does, and God the Father, in fact, has given to the Lord, the book of Revelation was given to the Lord to show the church the events that must take place before our Lord Jesus does return. So what God the Father has done is that he has given to um, our Lord, and obviously then given to the saints, the key events that must take place before the Lord returns. And so we, as the church, look at those key events as they unfold, uh, compare it to what uh, is recorded in Scripture, and thus we can know where we are in the timeline of God. But uh, as we said, um, no one knows the exact date when our Lord Jesus Christ will be returning to the earth. And then we said that... Uh, for the saints that are on the earth, that again, the scripture is very clear to us that we need to be watchful and sober, and we must always be ready for our Lord's return. And we said that takes place on a global scale when our Lord, in fact, does return for his second coming. But we said also in our individual lives, all of us, um, there comes a time when our, our lives on, on this planet expire, and our Lord then does return to take us to himself. And so that should not take us by surprise. And we should always be watchful and ready. But in um, context of the teaching of the end times, our Lord, through his apostle Paul, and obviously our Lord said the same thing, that we as a, uh, as a church should be watchful and ready for our Lord's second coming. Now, again, we did mention it in the previous teaching that a couple of hundred years ago wasn't necessary for the church to know about the end time events because uh, all of those saints have subsequently gone to be with the Lord. And so they weren't on the earth. Well, they're not going to be on the earth when our Lord returns. They'll return with him, but they're not on the earth uh, prior to his return. So it's really the, the generation of saints that will be on the earth when our Lord returns to the earth, that it is crucial that that generation be taught the end time events so that they can um, very clearly understand where they are in the timeline of God, in the fact that our Lord is about to return. And so um, there are a lot of pointers as we go through them. We're going to go through all the key events as recorded in Scripture. There are a lot of pointers that show us just how close we are to the coming of our Lord. Um, and so it is very possible that this particular generation that is on the earth today uh, is the generation that will see the return of the Lord to the earth. Um, but if not, you know, it's very close. 
And so we want to begin with um, looking at key events as they are revealed to us in Scripture. We just lay the groundwork about the fact that we are to be knowledgeable as the saints of God on the subject. And so the first uh, key event we want to look at is the fact that, uh, it's going to take us right up to, uh, to when our Lord returns, <clears throat> because uh, as I said in the previous teaching, this series of teachings will take us through what the biblical key events are as revealed to us in Scripture up until the time that our Lord Jesus returns to the earth. Because when our Lord returns, that's when the church will be taken out of the earth. And so we will not go into any teaching um, for events that take place subsequent to uh, the church leaving the planet. Um, that is a, another teaching entirely. And obviously also the teaching that is applicable to when our Lord uh, returns to the earth to reign and then uh, the, the new heaven and the new earth that God the Father will create. All of that is subsequent uh, to all of these events. So we'll be looking at the events leading up to uh, the time that the church in, is taken out of the earth when our Lord returns to the earth. And so the scripture we can look at to just open up today is in Mark chapter 13 verse 14. This is our Lord Jesus speaking to us on the end times and both Mark and Matthew's gospel uh, relate exactly the same account. That's when our Lord spoke to Peter, James, John, Andrew was there. I think it was those four, four disciples that were with the Lord when he recounted uh, this account. Uh, Luke's account is a different account entirely. Our Lord was in the temple when he spoke. And so they're similar accounts, but they're not the same accounts. But in uh, the account in Mark's gospel, our Lord's speaking, he says, So when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let the reader understand, let, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. And so our Lord was teaching on the end time events. And when he taught on the end time events, he referred back to the prophet Daniel. Um, and he, he basically you know, highlighted that Daniel had spoken about certain aspects of the end time events. And if you study scripture, you will see that um, when Israel went into, or just prior to Israel being taken into Babylon, uh, the Jews were uh, taken by Nebuchadnezzar, Jerusalem fell and they were taken into captivity. <clears throat> From the, the prophet Isaiah all the way through till when our Lord re returned Israel back to um, Judea. And that was over a period of well, 70, longer than 70 years, would have been about 140 odd years. But in that period, the Lord raised up a number of his prophets. And those prophets were very vocal about the end time events because the Lord used those prophets to prophesy to Israel and obviously to the church as well um, about the end time, end time events that were going to transpire as we draw closer to the end of the age. Now one of the prophets that the Lord used, and you can look at all of those prophets writings, Isaiah he prophesies about the end times, Ezekiel, Zechariah, um, Jeremiah, all of them prophesied about the end time events. But one that was used very prominently and very clearly by the Lord to speak about end time events is the prophet Daniel. And our Lord uh, um, refers to him himself 
when our Lord taught us on the end time events. For he says, uh, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. And so Daniel was given some very, very clear visions by the Lord, all pertaining to the end times. Well, not all of them. Some of them were pertaining to uh, other ages as well within that, that have subsequently gone past. But a lot of what the Lord showed Daniel pertained to the end times. And so we're going to go through what the Lord actually did reveal to Daniel uh, regarding the end times, because his visions are very instructive to us as to what will transpire at the end times. And so the first uh, vision that we want to have a look at today is the vision that uh, the Lord gave to Daniel. It was an actual, actual fact, it was a dream that the Lord gave to Daniel. And we pick it up in Daniel chapter 7, verses 2 to 12. And I'm going to read the passage and then we'll comment on it. And let's see what Daniel had to say. The scripture says, Daniel spoke saying, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven were stir stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had, an e and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second, like a bear, it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, the fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. And so this particular vision given to the prophet Daniel was uh, an account of what will the earth be like when Jesus, our Lord, returns to the earth. And what it will be like is that there are going to be four 
separate kingdoms in the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. Now, the four different beasts uh, are all different in character, um, and Scripture is not very clear to us with regards to the makeup of the three beasts that they originally uh, mentioned. He talks about the lion, he talks about the bear, and he talks about the leopard. And there are different aspects to those beasts. But then he speaks about the fourth beast, and he says that this fourth beast is more terrible than the others, and it's completely different to the other beasts that were raised up before it. And so, in this passage of Scripture, what happens in the vision is that um, Daniel sees all of these beasts coming up out of the sea. Daniel then sees this fourth beast, and he describes the fourth beast in a lot more detail. And with the fourth beast, he talks about the fact that this fourth beast has ten horns that uh, come from, well, you know, that are on the beast. And he says he was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up from among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were the eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking pompous words. Um, we'll have a look at the further scripture along this line, but that fourth beast that Daniel sees in scripture is in fact an account of the, of the kingdom of the Antichrist. And so what we see is when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, because he says in verse 9, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. Now that's speaking about God our Father. His garment was white as snow, and the hairs of his head were like pure wool. And he speaks about the judgment that is then going to take place, because he says the court was seated and the books were opened. That's talking about the judgment day. But when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, um, all four of those kingdoms, because those four beasts represent four kingdoms in the earth. And we, in a, a, a subsequent vision, which we won't look at today, but we'll look at it as we go through this series, um, the angel describes these beasts to Daniel as being four kingdoms in the earth. Now, the four kingdoms that he, he sees in this vision are, in fact, present in the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. Because we see very clearly, when our Lord returns to the earth, um, the vision deals with all four of those kingdoms. Verse 11, he says, I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. Now that horn came up from the fourth kingdom. And he says, I watched till the beast was slain. So that beast that he's referring to that has been slain is this fourth beast that he, uh, he describes as being the terrible beast. He says, um, in verse 7, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. Now, the beast that was slain in verse 11 that he speaks about is that particular beast. That's the beast that was slain. And in verse 12, he says, as for the rest of the beasts, now the rest of the beasts being those three that he first mentioned, the lion, the bear, and the leopard. He says, as for the rest of the, the beasts, those three beasts, they had their dominion taken away, and yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So the fourth beast is slain, and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. But the other three beasts, their lives are prolonged. So what the, script, what, uh, the Bible is showing us 
in this passage is that when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, there are going to be four main kingdoms on the earth. Now, the scripture, as I say, is, is relatively uh, silent as to what the other th three kingdoms are going to be made up of. But the fourth kingdom is the one that uh, Daniel um, is fixated on because the Holy Spirit kind of focuses him on that particular beast. And then the Holy Spirit then shows Daniel the judgment day. And he shows God the Father sitting and judgment being pronounced and all of the myriad of angels and saints before the throne. But he says at that time when God pronounces judgment, the fourth beast is slain and its body burned in the fire. The other three beasts, he says, uh, that their dominion is taken away, but their lives are prolonged for a season and a time. And so, although those three kingdoms will remain on the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, they will no longer have dominion. So in other words, they will not be exercising uh, authority in the earth. Because when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, He will come to set up His reign on the earth for a thousand years. And so it is over those three kingdoms that our Lord Jesus Christ will reign when He comes to the earth. And the church will return with Him. And we had a kind of a look at it in the previous teaching. We said when our Lord returns that the saints who are on the earth at that time, their bodies will be transformed into the resurrected bodies. The saints in heaven will pick up their resurrected bodies and then the whole church will leave to be with the Lord in the air. We'll meet Him and we will be judged by Him at that time. That period, we'll go through the scriptures, is roughly a period of three years. At the end of that period, and the wrath of God will be poured out on the earth during that three-year period. At the end of that period, the church will then return with the Lord Jesus to reign on the earth for a thousand years. It's, uh, it's our Lord's millennial reign. And He will set up His reign from the city of Jerusalem. Now, when He returns to the earth with the church to reign over the earth, there will be unbelievers living on the earth over which the church will reign for that thousand-year period. The three kingdoms that the prophet Daniel speaks about in verse 12, as for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Those are the three kingdoms over which the church will reign when the church comes back to the earth to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ, and as he sets up his reign on the earth from the city of Jerusalem. That's a, uh, a literal reign that will take place in the earth. And so the unbelievers on the earth that will be governed by the Lord and His saints during that thousand year period is made up of these three kingdoms. For it is the fourth beast that is destroyed when our Lord returns to the earth, but the other three just have their dominion taken away, but their lives are prolonged for a season and a time. So in other words, they no longer have uh, self-governance over their affairs because now their dominion is taken away and they are now subject to the reign of Christ. But that fourth beast, uh, going back to verse um, 11, he says, I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking, I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. And so that fourth beast, which is the terrible beast uh, from which the Antichrist comes, that little horn is in fact the Antichrist. And we'll get into more scripture to show us that truth. But that particular kingdom over which the Antichrist will reign during his period, he gets to reign on the earth for three and a half years, 
Um, that kingdom will be destroyed when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. The other three kingdoms, the lion, the bear, and the leopard, will remain on the earth, but they will have their dominion taken away, and they will then become subject to the rule of our Lord Jesus Christ when he does return to the earth. And we can pick up a, a bit of um, more scripture along that line about when our, the fact that when our Lord does return to the earth, that he will reign over the unbelievers that are living on the earth. So, a brief timeline. Um, at the end of the age, the church will be taken out of the earth uh, when our Lord returns. At that time, the wrath of God will be poured out on the earth. Now, at that time, all four kingdoms are still going to be present on the earth. So the wrath of God will go through it to a degree, not too much, because we're not touching on that three-year period when the wrath of God is poured out on the earth. But it is very clear in Scripture, if you look at the book of Revelation, that the, the, the kingdom of the Antichrist incurs the wrath of God when God's wrath is poured out on the earth. And so those four kingdoms will be on the earth prior to the, the church leaving the earth. They will be present on the earth when the wrath of God is poured out on the earth. And they will be present on the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth with his church to begin to reign on the earth. Now, if you look at, again, the book of Revelation, it's very clear that it is the fourth kingdom that our Lord Jesus Christ will uh, destroy when he returns to the earth. That's when the battle of Armageddon takes place. And so, again, as, as Daniel speaks to us about that incident in this passage in verse 11, he says, I watched till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. And so that fourth kingdom will be destroyed, which is the kingdom of the Antichrist, and we'll get into it in a bit more detail. That kingdom is the kingdom that will be destroyed by the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns to the earth. The other three kingdoms will remain on the earth. They will not be destroyed. And they will be ruled and reigned over by the Lord Jesus Christ and his church when the church returns to the earth. And we can pick up a couple of scriptures that just highlight that particular truth to us. Revelation chapter 20 verse 4. Uh, this is the Apostle John's uh, vision of also the same uh, events really taking place. And he says, I saw thrones and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And so there's judgment being set up because when our Lord returns to the earth, he will uh, set up thrones in Judea, in Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, and the saints will rule and reign over the earth from that location. And they will rule and reign with the Lord Jesus for a thousand years. So that is the, the season and time that the three beasts, their lives will be prolonged for because it's at the end of the millennial reign of our Lord Jesus Christ that there's further events that then take place. But during our Lord's reign, um, it is very clear in Scripture that the saints will be reigning over the unbelievers who are still on the earth. But that fourth kingdom will not be there anymore, because at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to the earth, the fourth kingdom will be destroyed. It, it, and Daniel was very plain about that. That its body will, he with the beast was destroyed. Its body, um, let's just read it again, uh, was thrown into the flame of fire. 
he says um, in verse 11, I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. So of those four beasts that he sees coming up out of the sea, he sees the lion, he sees the bear, and he sees the leopard, and then he sees the dreadful beast. Of the fourth, the three um, that will remain when our Lord returns, they have their dominion taken away, and they will be reigned over by the Lord and his saints. The fourth beast, when our Lord returns, is destroyed. That kingdom, that fourth kingdom is destroyed. And as I say, we'll have a look at the next passage when the angel does reveal to Daniel that the beasts that he's seen are in fact four kingdoms. And so there are going to be four kingdoms on the earth all the way up until when our Lord returns to the earth. When our Lord returns, the fourth kingdom, which is the kingdom of the Antichrist, we'll get to see it in a bit more detail, that is the kingdom that our Lord Jesus Christ will destroy at the Battle of Armageddon, because when our Lord returns, that's it, when that battle occurs. And our Lord destroys him with the breath of his mouth. But the rest of the beasts are, are then the rest of the kingdoms, three of them, are, are reigned over by the saints when our Lord returns. And we can pick up uh, an account of it, when, of what that reign will be like um, in Psalm 48, verse 1 to 8. The scripture says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth, is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is in her palaces. He is known as her refuge. For behold, the kings assembled. They passed by together. They saw it, and so they marveled. They were troubled. They hastened away. Fear took hold of them there, and pain, as of a woman in birth pangs, as when you break the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. As we have heard, so we have seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, God will establish it forever. And so our Lord sets up His reign from the city of Jerusalem when He returns to the earth. And the scripture talks about the fact that the kings of the earth will be assembled and they will pass by together. They, they saw it and they marveled, they, troubled, they, they were troubled and hastened away. Fear took hold of them there. And so what God will do when He returns to the earth, our Lord Jesus, is that the, the, the rulers of the other kingdoms will be brought to the city of Jerusalem to basically encounter the Lord Jesus and the fact that they are not going to be subject to his rule and reign. Um, he doesn't tell them for a thousand years, but they know that now they are subject to his reign. And the Bible says that fear took hold of them there when they see this um, magnificence of the Lord's rule and reign that he sets up in the city of Jerusalem. Another city, another passage of scripture we can look at, which again, just, and there are numerous, numerous passages of scripture that um, describe our Lord's reign on the earth for that thousand year period. I don't want to get into any kind of depth along that because that's taking us past where I want to go for in this uh, series of teaching, which is to really take us up to the events when the church leaves the earth. But just to show you that when our Lord does return, that these kingdoms will still be on the earth and our Lord will be reigning over them, we can look at a couple of scriptures. The other one is in Psalm 72, verse 5 to 15. The scripture says, They shall fear you as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth. In his days... 
the righteous shall flourish an abundance of peace until the moon is no more. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from river from the river to the ends of the earth. Those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles will bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. For he will deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him who has no helper. He will spare the poor and needy who will and will save the souls of the needy. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence, and precious shall be their blood in his sight. And he shall live, and the gold of Sheba shall be given to him. Prayer also will be made for him continually, and daily he shall be praised. And so that's again just a, another account of when our Lord returns to the earth, uh, to reign on the earth for the thousand year period. That the kings of, of, of Sheba and Seba, that will offer gifts to him, they will bring gold uh, to the Lord, um, prayer will be made to him for him continually, and daily he will be praised. The, the prophet Zechariah, when he talks about that same period, he says, that the the um, the feast of tabernacles will be observed in the earth throughout throughout the earth, and all nations will be required to come up to Jerusalem to observe the feast of tabernacles. And he says that those nations who choose not to in that year to come up to observe the feast in the following year they will have no rain in their in over their nation. And so it's just another description of the rule and reign that will take place in the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. Now, this is actually God the Father speaking about our Lord's reign. And he does mention something here. He says that our Lord's reign, um, he says, as long as the sun and moon endure, that's where how, the Lord, how long the Lord will reign. And if you look at scripture, when God the Father comes to reign on the earth, the, the, the existing earth and the existing heavens plus the moon and all the stars God deals, does away with and he creates a new heaven and new earth um, and obviously a new moon, a new sun and so our Lord's reign he says until the, in verse 7 until the moon is no more so our Lord's reign is over this current earth um, but when our Lord's reign comes to an end at the end of the thousand year period then this current earth will be done away with and then the, the new earth will be created and the new heavens and the new moon and the new sun will be created by God the Father. But those passages, as I said, I don't want to get into any kind of detail um, about that period because there's a, that, that's a whole other study entirely. But I just wanted to highlight the fact that when our Lord returns to the earth, that there will in fact be believers on the earth, unbelievers, sorry, on the earth, that will be reigned over by the church and our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the reign that our Lord will set up. Now our Lord will reign for the thousand years, and at the end of His reign, then He delivers the kingdom to God the Father. And God the Father then comes down to the earth, with, and He sets up His reign in the earth, in the city of Jerusalem, with the, our Lord sitting at His right hand. And they will then reign over the earth for all eternity after that. And so in 1 Corinthians 15, 28, the scripture says, Now when all things are made subject to him, speaking about Jesus, then the Son himself will also be subject to him, speaking about God the Father, 
who put all things under him, Jesus, that God may be all in all. Talking about God the Father. And so at the end of our Lord's reign, the thousand year period, then our Lord will deliver the kingdom up to God the Father. And God the Father will then reign with Jesus at his right hand um, over the new heaven and the new earth that God will create. But in that thousand year period, the church with our Lord Jesus will reign on the earth physically. That's where we will be located in Israel, where Israel is currently uh, located. And we will reign over the unbelievers that are on the earth when our Lord returns to the earth. And those unbelievers will be made up of those three kingdoms, the kingdom of the lion, the bear, and the leopard. For the kingdom of that deadly beast will be destroyed when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. They will not go into the Lord's millennial reign. That is the kingdom that will be destroyed because that is, in fact, the kingdom of the Antichrist. And when we have a look at that fourth beast again, we see it in Daniel's account. He speaks, let's just read it again. Um, <clears throat> after this, from verse 7, he says, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Um, and when, It's very interesting, important, that we pick up what the Holy Spirit is saying through Daniel, he, in that he says, this particular beast was different from all the beasts that were before it. And as we get to study this fourth beast, which is in fact the fourth kingdom, again, all of these, these four beasts are four kingdoms. And we'll see that in the, in the next uh, uh, passage where the angel explains this vision in more detail to, to Daniel the prophet. He says to us that the four beasts are four kingdoms. And so this fourth kingdom that Daniel sees, he says very clearly, is different to all the other kingdoms that were before it very important that we pick up on that point but he says and it had ten horns and then he talks about the little horn that comes up uh, from within the ten horns now the the apostle john when he was given the uh the vision of, in the book of revelation god in chapter 13 and, and chapter 17 of that book obviously the book wasn't written in a chapter and verses we managed to just put that in there for reference sake but in those passages where John sees the beast in, in chapter 13, and he see, again sees the beast described in chapter 17, those beasts that he sees are in fact a picture of the Antichrist and the kingdom of the Antichrist. Now, the, the vision given to John the Apostle is very similar, with, of, of the Antichrist, is very similar to the vision given to the prophet Daniel of the same beast. Both the Apostle John and the prophet Daniel are seeing the same beast. Um, slightly different, but pr pretty much the same beast. And it's the beast of the, it's the, the kingdom of the Antichrist that God is showing to them. So let's have a look at what John saw uh, regarding this particular beast that Daniel described as the fourth beast in his vision. And then we pick up in Revelation 13, verse 1 to 2. Well, that whole chapter actually describes the, the, the kingdom of the Antichrist, but we're just going to highlight uh, these, two passage, these two verses of Scripture. Uh, John speaking, he says, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. 
You recall that Daniel, when he saw his beast, it also had ten horns. And on his horns ten crowns, and on his head a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. The dragon in that particular passage of scripture is referring to Satan. So this um, account here, the Apostle John is seeing the rise of the Antichrist in the earth. His kingdom were being raised up in the earth. And the dragon gives the Antichrist his power and authority. And we'll get into that as we get close through the, the various uh, events as they unfold. But I just wanted to highlight that the beast that was shown to the Apostle John is the same beast that was shown to the, uh, the prophet Daniel, the, the, the same beast. Revelation 17, verse 11 to 13, Scripture says, The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth, and is of the seven and go is going to perdition. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. And so here the angel is describing to the apostle John what he has seen in looking at this particular beast. And what he says to um, John, he says the ten horns are in fact ten kings who haven't received a kingdom yet. And so again, the, just to show us that the, the beast that the apostle John is shown in the book of Revelation is in fact a, a picture of the Antichrist and his kingdom. And in both accounts we see that beast has ten horns. Now the beast that the, the prophet Daniel was shown, that terrible beast that was destroyed, um, also had ten horns. And he speaks about the little horn that comes up from within the ten horns. And we're going to get into that in a bit more depth as well as we go through the series. But what I needed to just establish in today's teaching is that when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, prior to our Lord returning to the earth, there will be th four main kingdoms that will be raised up in the earth. Now, a kingdom in, in, in Scripture is uh, an, an alignment of nations that form a kingdom. So it's, it, it's a grouping of nations that come together and they are linked to each other in some way to form a kingdom. And so what, hap what we will see in the, it, it, as, the, as we draw closer to the end of the age is that there will be four main, uh, in, this, in today's terminology we, we call them maybe superpowers. There will be four main superpowers in the earth. And those superpowers as kingdoms will be basically governing the whole earth between the four of them. Um, and we will get into more de depth along that line to, to show how that actually pans out. But those four kingdoms will, be, have, have, will already be in the earth, reigning over the earth. And so it kind of gives us a bit of insight um, as to the reign of the Antichrist. Because the fourth kingdom um, that Daniel saw is in fact the kingdom of the Antichrist. And so we see kind of from this passage of scripture that the Antichrist, his, his rule and his reign, although it will be extensive in the earth, it will not be over all of the earth. Because the other three kingdoms will also be on the earth and will not be subservient to this fourth kingdom. But we'll get into that in more detail. 
And so when our Lord returns to the earth physically now, and this is after the wrath of God has been poured out on the earth, those four kingdoms will be there. It is the fourth kingdom that, if you go look at scripture, it is the fourth kingdom that, in fact, over which the Antichrist reigns, he gathers his kingdom to battle against the Lord and his saints when our Lord returns to the earth. And that is referred to in, in the book of Revelation as the Battle of Armageddon. Now, in that battle, the, the prophet Zechariah also describes it. Our Lord, he returns to the Mount, Mount of Olives and um, Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet um, are there with this kingdom to do battle with the Lord's saints when they return. Our Lord will then just destroy them. Um, Satan and his angels will be captured and bound into, and put into the bottomless pit for that thousand year period. The scripture talks about the fact that the Antichrist and the false prophet will at that time be thrown alive into the lake of fire and brimstone. So they are the first two individuals that will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, which is in fact the second death. Um, but the rest of that kingdom will be destroyed. And Zechariah's description of it is very um, vivid. He talks about the fact that when God speaks, that their, their flesh just dissolves. Um, and so they will be destroyed. And so Daniel speaks about the fact that that fourth beast is destroyed and its body uh, thrown, burned in the fire. And so what happens is that whole kingdom will then be cast into um, the lake of fire and brimstone will in fact into hell at that time. That's the kingdom that gets destroyed when our Lord returns. The other three kingdoms remain. The Bible says their dominion is taken away, but their lives are prolonged for a season and a time. That season and time is that thousand year period that our Lord Jesus Christ will reign over the earth um, when he returns to the earth. And so one of the signs that we need to be looking out for going forward to the coming of the Lord is that these four kingdoms being set up in the earth because uh, once we know that these four kingdoms are in place well now we know that things are drawing closer to the time when our Lord returns but it's mainly the fourth kingdom that the, we're interested in because it is the fourth kingdom from which the Antichrist comes because that is the little horn that Daniel speaks about in his vision he says there were ten horns and a little horn came up and uh, from within the tent and it's the little horn that in fact is the antichrist because it's the little horn that speaks the pompous words uh, translated means that the little horn is the antichrist proclaiming to the earth that he is in fact god in the earth let's just have a look at that passage again uh, 7 verse 8 daniel chapter 7 verse 8 he says i was considering the horns and there was another horn a little one coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And there in this horn were the eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. And then verse 11, I watched them because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking, I watched till the beast was slain, and its body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. And so we'll get more into detail as we go through this series about the ten horns and the three that are plucked up. Um, but I wanted to concentrate now at this point on the little horn, because the little horn is in fact the Antichrist. He's the one who speaks pompous words. He's the one who proclaims himself to be God in the earth. Uh, the Apostle Paul spoke about the fact that he will sit in the temple of God proclaiming to the world that he in fact is God. And so he is 
on the earth, reign over that fourth kingdom when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. And that kingdom, he will be destroyed. Uh, him and his false prophet will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Um, and his kingdom will be destroyed when our Lord returns. And so, very clearly in Scripture, what will transpire before our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth is that there will be these four kingdoms on the earth. Um, the fourth kingdom is going to be the, four, the kingdom of the Antichrist himself. It is that kingdom that our Lord Jesus will re re destroy when he returns to the earth. The other three kingdoms will uh, be allowed to continue on the earth. They will be given, uh, their dominion will be taken away, but they will continue for a season and time. Uh, a season and, and a time, the Bible says. And that, in that season is in fact the reign of, the anti uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ when he sets up his millennial reign on the earth for that thousand year period. And so that brings us up to the point that I want to do, uh, carry, um, discuss today. Um, in the next teaching, we want to have a look at, in a bit more detail at this fourth kingdom, because it is when we see the fourth kingdom established in the earth that we can know, okay, this is where we are in God's timeline, because it is that fourth kingdom that is very important to us as the church. As I said, the other three kingdoms the Bible is not very clear to us as to what their makeup is, but we get a lot more detail about the fourth kingdom, and we're going to have a look at that fourth kingdom in more detail in the next teaching. We're going to end the teaching on that particular point today. Amen.